Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, today we are continuing our player review slash preview series and transitioning over to the defense for the second time because we already did Kale McCarr because he's Kale and he's special. But we're going to talk about the other backbone of the Avalanche's defense today. And we really did learn this season that without Devontae's, the Avalanche, they're just not as good. It's as simple as you can put it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's very obvious Kale McCarr is the most important or most valuable defenseman. Devon Taves is the most important defenseman on the Colorado Avalanche. It's like uh, Kale McCarr is the brain, Devon Taves is the spine. Yeah, he is just the pinnacle of a perfect defenseman in today's NHL. Um, and he's so underrated now. I wonder if he's like, can we even consider him underrated anymore? Because I, I feel think, like that's I all think he's the consensus under, he's the consensus underrated player which I think disqualifies you. Exactly. It's like, it's the Nicholas Backstrom conversation forever. If, if you are always the most underrated player and everyone only talks about you as, oh, he's the most underrated player in the league, you're not. Yeah, exactly. I, it's a tricky situation because he is underrated, but also everyone knows he's underrated. So is he really underrated? It, it's a really big conundrum. Um, I think inside of Avs fans, they know how good Devon Taves is. Um, I think sometimes we still forget just yes. how good Devon Taves is because well, he's, just, he's just so steady. He's so steady and he plays with Kale McCarr who does wow plays every five minutes. Um, and then Devon Taves is just back there doing his job and doing it very damn well. Um, my favorite part about it, and we kind of hinted at it other sh- like other shows, we traded two second round picks for this guy and he's still a member of the abs for two more years. Um, I don't know who the Islanders drafted with those two second round picks, but it makes me wonder the Islanders weren't loaded defensively. How is this guy so shelled sheltered in the Islanders system? Like, I just don't get it. I really don't know. And it's weird to look at his career stats and realize he only played two seasons with the Islanders. Right. He's been a member of the Avs just as long as he was an Islander. Actually, it's longer now because he only played 48 games in his first season. He's been a member of the Avalanche longer than he was ever a member of the Islanders, which is very weird to consider. And, and the excuse you always hear about it is, well, they were cap strapped and they had to dump somebody. I, I Did you? I mean... You didn't that have to. He's pretty good. I Could don't know. You add, like, do you think he's as good as he is now if he's with the Islanders still? No, because yeah, he's, play- he's not playing with Kale McCarr, but Devontae is still Devontae and still would have been playing in the Islanders defensive system. 
He's just wouldn't be at the level that he is right now. Stanley cup champion partnered with the best defenseman in the NHL. Right. And you hinted at a little bit, but he was injured for the first 15 or so games of the season. Maybe not 15. I think that was probably like, he was, he was out for October. He 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 missed the first game of November and all of October. And it is not a coincidence that the abs kind of sucked. They were they were bad. They were pretty bad for the first for, for the Av standards. But oh then, yeah, they were they were five hundred. Yeah, and then we go and look at it. He comes back. Um, in the games Devontae's played this year, you may have to correct me. The Avs were fifty-one nine and six. Yes, the when in the regular season this year, these are all splits on NHL.com. Devontae's was fifty-one nine and six. That's pretty like good. You, you cut out like the entire first month of the season for the Abs, where they were pretty much exactly 500. That is 51 and 15. That's not fair. That's no. cheating. That's too good. It's too good. And he's he's just so good. And the point production just really upticked this year. He had 57 points or 52, oh, 57 points this year. 57. For Devon Taves. And you know like, what? And the thing is, coming into this season, it's not like he'd been like a point monster his first season with the yeah. abs or anything like that. He like he had 31 points in 53 games. He had nine goals. No one really expected or even really asked for more than that. He just did it anyway. Puts up 13 goals, 57 points in 66 games, and a point per game in abs wins. 51 points in 51 wins. He is so good. He is just so fucking good. And this team, I don't know if they win the cup without him. No, they don't. We said it coming into the playoffs is if they lose Devontae's, they do not win. We put them on the same tier as Darcy Kemper and Kale McCarr. If they lose one of those guys, they're done. They're not going to win. We've seen it all season. When Devontae's is not in the lineup, the Avalanche are simply not as good. They do not have a replacement for Devontae's. And to be fair... Nobody does. Nobody does. He was plus 52 this year, Griffin. Plus 52. That is absurd. That is ridiculous. He only had 20 penalty minutes too, which for a defenseman, you expect defensemen to take more penalties. He, he took, he took what is that? I'm trying to do that. That's 10 penalties all year. Like That is so good defensively. And the offense is just a bonus with him. It truly is. Like he just does it all at the, in the very early stages of this show, when I was alone, you know, I call it the dark ages of the teledabs of this mm-hmm. podcast, where I had no idea what I was doing and nobody helped me. I just called Devontae's my safety blanket. Every time he's on the ice, I know everything's going to be okay. The guy doesn't make bad choices. He's smart with the puck offensively. He's really good at moving it. He's great at back checking and he's great at separating people off of the puck. There's not really a thing that Devontae's does badly. I, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of something to critique his game. He he doesn't. I mean, it was a rarity. Like, we're jumping ahead to the Stanley Cup. When he got undressed by Kucherov, that was like the first time, I think, in Devontae's uh, career with the Avs that he had been, like, undressed on a play. Yeah, and I think in the playoffs, I mean, I just think he was hurt a lot. I think he was really banged up, and I th- think there were certain points where I was like, Devontae's just doesn't look like himself and I don't think it's a coincidence that those were games the Avs struggled in, where Devon Days was just not himself. Because even then, we go back to his splits in the regular season. 
the in losses and overtime losses, he had six points in 15 losses. He was a he was a minus two in those games. When Devontae doesn't play very well, odds are the abs aren't either. They aren't playing well. And the part that's absurd to me and the part that goes unnoticed, he is the ultimate minutes eater. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. The amount of minutes this guy plays is ridiculous. He is he can play on any situation. He'll play five on five. He's part of the number one pair on the penalty kill. And I don't think it once again was a coincidence when Kale McCarr and Devontae started playing penalty kill. The penalty kill started getting better. Yeah. Um and you remember early in the season when the power play was just bad? Like it was just struggling, and then you put Devontae's behind Kale McCart number two, and all of a sudden it wasn't a problem anymore. It, it was totally fine. Yeah. Totally I mean, fine. He could play first power play minutes if it wasn't for if it a guy wasn't for the fact that he's behind the best defenseman and yeah. the best puck mover in the NHL and Kale McCarr. We we just have to bring up Kale a lot in this conversation because Devon is just buried behind him. Where he's buried, he's just he's so doing, sheltered. <laughs> what he's doing is so incredibly impressive. But what Kale McCarr is doing is generational and yeah. like stuff we haven't seen since Lidstrom and like literal once in a generation kind of player. And the evolution that we've seen from Devontae's is nothing short of incredible. He plays 25, 26 minutes a night. Then he goes in the weight room after the game and he's lifting the guy's a machine. He doesn't stop. He's a terminator. I don't know what happened against uh, Bo- like the Boston game uh, on January 26th. He played 31 minutes in that game. Um, that's over half the game, folks. That is absurd. And there, there's like the anomalies for Devontae's when it comes to his playing time is when he plays less than 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Like, and- the, like the first Vegas game in February, he played 22 minutes. I mean, gee, what happened there? Yeah, there was one game. I'm looking at his game logs right now. It was against the LA Kings uh, late in the season when I think we won like seven. Oh yeah, that blowout game. He, he played a whopping nineteen minutes, and that's the anomaly. That like that, that's basically him game. getting scratched. Yeah. Is him playing nineteen <laughs> minutes. It's crazy, dude. The guy is such a motor, and he doesn't stop ever, ever. Like he's just. He's just one of my favorite players. He's so safe. He's so secure. You just, you know things are going to be fine when Devontae is on the ice. And the best part about that is Devontae is pretty much always on the ice. Yeah, he plays almost half on the, the ice. game. It's ridiculous. It's half the game. Him and Kale McCarr both. I mean, he just doesn't get tired. And I, I'm like looking at his stats. It's really funny. Like the bad games where he's a minus. Like look at a couple of them. It's like at Chicago versus Arizona. Like, yeah, those like, games he was like minus two, Philly. minus three. Yeah, like against the bad teams, he, he's bad. Um, and that's not even bad. It's just, it's funny that those are the games that he's yeah, minus. This, oh, you're right. This is hilarious. Like Arizona, Chicago. Oh, and that's the end of the list. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's like six of them. Yeah, there's like the- six bad games for Devontae. <laughs> like Hayes. 65 games. Yeah. Like, so he's fucking good. It's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. And the best part about it, uh, like we've preluded, he's going to be with the Avs for two more years, and we need to enjoy those two more years because we got we to gotta cherish every second. Because even if he stays, that man is going to get money. Yes, and he is going to get paid. Like, do we think it's crazy to think that some team would pay him more than someone paying Kale McCarr? Because by the time he's a free agent, Kale McCarr, I, I think he'll get eight. On the open market, eight. I agree. I think the at most he gets eight and a half. 
I think it's a tough sell to be like, right, you played with Kale McCarr. Here's nine and a half million dollars. And now you were a top five paid defenseman. Also, you're 30. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like he could if he has if he puts together a couple more years, like these last two years, like he did just last year. If he plays like he did last season for two straight seasons more, I I don't know how you don't pay him. Right. It's it's like a Val Nachushkin situation on crack. Like it's we don't function without you. Here's a blank check. We'll figure out the rest. I, I think it is, but I just I don't know. I, I just don't see it in the cards and two we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we're getting years. very ahead of ourselves. But, but it's it's an anxiety thing because one yeah. day Devontae's might not be here anymore, and that scares the shit out of me. It, it's really terrifying. And I'm really hoping Bo Byram uh steps up. I mean, he's on the trajectory to get there, but what Devontae's bring to this team is really just immeasurable. I mean, it, it, this has turned into a gush fest. About I think, I think he can measure it. It's called wins. Yeah. When, mean, he, when he plays, we win. And when he doesn't, we lose. Um, but he is hes just so fucking good, dude. And I think the part that I'm most excited for the growth in his game, because he was a late bloomer. Like, it's not like he was a high draft pick or anything. Yeah, like, like you look at him, he's played four seasons in the NHL. He's 28. <laughs> That's crazy to think about. Um but it just goes back to like what what are his analytics? I'm gonna filibuster while you look those up because there's they have there's, to be. there's not a way I could find them super quickly, but they're absurd. The last yeah. I saw them, I'm pretty sure he's in like the 99th percentile. He's he's just so fucking good. And I will always wonder how Joe Joe Sackick pulled this off. Like that offseason, Joe Sackick got Devon Taves and Brandon Sod, and he all he traded was Nikita Zadorov and two second round picks. Like that was a master class of Joe Sackett getting these guys. Um, He's in the and, 97th percentile as of March 23rd, like pretty oh much, man. pretty much the deadline. Ah, that's I was expecting the 99th, honestly. <laughs> well, that's, that's reserved for kale. Yeah. So that's pretty good to have your top two defensemen in like what the 97th percentile and above. I'd say that's pretty solid, right? Yeah, That's pretty good. Especially, that's especially good. a guy you pay $4.1 million. Yeah. Just absurd. He makes less than that's his, like that's his that's a stupid contract. Devontae yeah. is what our fourth highest paid defenseman. I would say, yeah, because EJ's making six, right? Yeah, EJ Kale's making nine. EJ's making six. Uh Gerard's making five. Five. Josh Manson is making four and a half. Devontae is he's the Avalanche's <laughs> fifth highest paid defenseman right now. That is ridiculous. That man. is stupid. Like that that's, is... that's dumb. He's making third pair money on this team. He is. He's and the, really... only, the only reason that it's he's even fifth is because the next closest is Curtis McDermott at under a million. Ah! Bo Byram. Bo Byram on his next contract. We don't know what it could be yet. It could be more than 4.1. It probably there will. Could be a, there could be a possibility going into next season that Devontae is the sixth highest paid defenseman on the team. That's hilarious first off. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I mean, if Bo Byron plays the way he did, you have to think he gets close to what Josh Manson got, right? Close to it. He's gonna. He's definitely gonna get. Actually, I don't know. We'll we'll save that for Byron's episode. Yeah, we'll but, save that for Bo. Yeah. But I, whew, man, I that that's just a. It, it's an embarrassment of riches for the ads. It really is, because this we're gonna talk about this when we're talking about the defenseman. It's the best defenseman group in the NHL. It is. It straight up just is from one to six. I I don't know if there's a close second. There isn't. 
I mean, is there if there's one critique of Devon Taves as a defenseman, it, it he's not like Josh Manson where he's going to hit you. He, he's just going to be smarter than you and get you off the puck. Like, and he does, and he just does everything so well. You rarely see Devon Taves get knocked off of a puck. You usually see him knocking guys off of a puck. Like, we have what two examples of Devon Taves getting turned inside out by someone, and it's like what McDavid and Kucherov. Yeah, that's pretty good players to get turned around by. I mean, we can go look at the playoffs for Devon Taves um, because the regular season we already talked about, 51, 9, and 6. I mean, what what else can you say about the guy? Almost 60 points from a defenseman, which is, if it wasn't for how good of a season that Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi had, and I guess Victor Hedman too, like it's kind of a a shame that he doesn't get much Norris consideration in Devon Taves because... It it was rough because this was a pretty historic Norris class when you look at it. It was, and... Does like could Devontae's win a Norris? I, I don't think he can because just how good Kale McCarr is. I it's not McCarr's yeah. for him. He would have to be better than Kale and so significantly better that everyone says he did it with without Kale. And I just don't see that happening. So the only way that happens is Kale McCarr has to miss an entire season, and Devontae's so- has to be better than Roman Yossi, Victor Hedman, and all these guys in front of him. It's it sucks, but it's not there. Yeah, it's just not going to happen, and it's a shame because he'll be one of those guys you look back on, he's going to have like probably what, like five or six top ten finishes in the Norris and just will never get higher than like fifth place more than likely, and that's just kind of the way it is. Um, But if you go look at Devontae's in the playoffs, um, that first series against Nashville, he scored three goals if I remember right. Was it three? I'm looking at the Norris stuff right now. He finished eighth. Ah. He got one. He got one third place vote. And he had fifty seven points overall. He finished ahead of Slavin and behind Chris Letang. I, f- I mean, I feel like that's pretty fair. Honestly. That's pretty fair. I mean, I I'm willing to say Devontae's is the eighth best defenseman in the NHL, top ten yes. at least. Yes, I'd agree with that. I think that's a fair a fair critique. You know, because we we can't have one and two. Like, sorry, no, God damn, that would just be too unfair. Like, we we have a top two center in the NHL and the top one defenseman. Like yeah. okay, maybe we got to bring our number two defenseman down to eight, you know, yeah. sucks. Ah, I hate this. God, we uh, have fans. We just have it so hard sometimes. We have it so hard. But like I said, in the playoffs, that first round against Nashville, he was fantastic. Um, I want to say he had two or three goals. If I he remember three, right, he had three goals in the series against three goals in the series. How many points did he have in that series? He had one, two, four, five. Yeah, he was unreal in that series against 21 Nashville. minutes, 29 minutes, 21 minutes, 26 minutes. What do those 21 minute games have in common? They were blowouts, they were blowouts, and we didn't need him out there. Um, and then you go, I mean, shit, dude, we like he was, oh man. I'm looking at it. He he was just so fucking good in the playoffs too. I mean, he didn't put up the point production, but he was fantastic in every aspect of those games. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think sometime in the St. Louis series, he got hurt somewhere along the way. It, it seemed like his step was a little bit off, but he's just so good and so smart that he can position himself into just about any spot he wants and still manage to make the good plays. There were some times, especially the games I was at. I don't know if I have this effect on Devon Kays <laughs> where, I mean, they lost all three games I went to, but I don't know if I had this de- effect on Devontae's. I feel like those are the only times in my life I've ever been like, I don't, Devontae's looks a little iffy tonight. 
Other it than doesn't that, happen I, very I, often. I thought he's just been brilliant in just about every outing he's been in. Yeah, he was. And there is, I'm just looking at the rest of the series. He was good against St. Louis. He was great against Edmonton. I mean, him and Kale McCarr, they didn't shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl, but they contained McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's all they needed to do. That's all they needed they, to do. I, I'd be willing to say they were the two most important players in that entire series. Yes. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Even though hockey's over, there is still plenty to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Because that's where we had the... Uh, remember that tweet that was like, the Avs only have one advantage, and that's Kale McCarr? <laughs> and Devontae's, and yeah. lines one through four, and their goalie, and yeah, you know, the entire all these defense. other things. That's why I like playing Canadian teams, because you get these weird tweets, and they're just yeah, not true. Say- crazy shit yeah um, it's just like the the most genuinely insane take you've ever seen but it's completely serious it's completely serious it cracks me up um, love canada <laughs> love canada um but i guess the point i was trying to make is like through that point in the playoffs mcdavid and Dreisaitl, they were unstoppable i mean they were the only reason why Edmonton they were they were on far. historic paces yes and we can take what eight points in that series. And in that in that series, they were good. Yeah, they, they were for good. The, for them, that's not good enough. They need no. to be world breakers. For they Edmonton couldn't. to have a chance. Yeah, and, and they couldn't be. They yeah, they had their moments, but they couldn't do it through an entire game. They couldn't even win one. They couldn't win one. So he, him and I agree, him and Kel McCarr are probably the most important players in that Edmonton series because they did the impossible and contained Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And they just and they lit him up on the other side of the yeah. ice too. I mean, Taze alone had five points in that series again. Yes, and he had one game where he was a minus, and that was Game Four. Yeah, and he still had a goal in that game and played twenty eight minutes. Yeah, that overtime did not last very long. That was a ninety second overtime. He might have played one shift, still Maybe. played twenty eight minutes. That's true. And then you go to the Stanley Cup Finals against Tampa Bay. Um, I'm looking at it. Game three was bad for everyone. That, but Devon Taves was a minus three. I, yeah, I think I mean, that's the, like the lowest you'll see him. That, like the game three against Tampa is just there. We played 20 games. One of them just had to be terrible. Yeah, it was a bad game from everyone. That to me was when I, it was really confirmed to me that Taves was hurt because he was still playing well in that game. It was just stuff was happening too fast for him to react to. I, I don't know. I think it was a lower body thing with him. I'm speculating. Do not quote me on that. I am not a doctor. I mean, Tampa Bay in that game three, I think they could have beaten anyone. 
yeah, they had they, a great they, game. We couldn't get a save, and we just couldn't do much anyway. Yeah, you so, know it's an outlier when Devon Tays is a minus three. Minus three. Um, and then you go into game four. He, he doesn't. He's not a plus or a minus, but he played thirty, almost thirty-three minutes. Yeah, thirty-two I mean, forty-seven. He played thirty-six shifts. That's ridiculous. I mean, just him being thrown out there every single time. And um, he was amazing in that game. I mean, we, yeah. we, were at, we were at the arena for the watch party, and he was he was eating those minutes, and he was playing really hard. He's that's just what he does, man. Um, and he's then he closes he, he closes up the series. He's he's even in points. Um, he, you could say his Stanley Cup final wasn't particularly great because he had two points in six games. But, but when it comes to Devontae's, particularly a defenseman, I don't really care about that. Yeah. I mean, they were just – the Avs were so good in that series minus game five and three. They were um, still good in game five. They it it, just – they played Tampa Bay and they lost one. Yeah. I mean, oh, that game five will haunt me just because all the stuff we had on the line just to win it there would have been so sick, but – yeah, well, we digress. We won it the next game, so who cares? That's a little um, worse for me, man. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah you were you were there. Yeah, um, went to zero and three with the and had the Stanley Cup in the building. That was brutal. I mean, we never had a lead in that game, which was even more brutal. But uh, it was tied in the third. Whatever, we're getting down. We won literally the next game. Yeah, it was fine. But I mean, what else can you say about Devon Taves other than he's a really fucking good defenseman? And he's very, very important to the Avs' success. Um, what are we thinking next year for Devontae's? I'm thinking it's just going to be more of the same. I think the Devontae's we saw last year is what Devontae's is at his peak. And I think we'll see pretty similar point production. And if there's ever a point where Devontae's is hurt, I think we're going to see the Avs struggle because that's just how important he is to see, especially in the grind of the regular season. That's my thing is I I think we may see a little dip in point production and that's just because maybe there's some load management with him going forward. I don't think that term exists for Devontae's. You don't think so? I don't think he'll allow it. That's true. But I think if, if, I think if Betsy was like, Hey, we're going to play you 20 minutes tonight. I think he would be like, absolutely fucking not. I will kill you if you play me less than 25 minutes tonight in an April game against the Kings. Yeah. But I just, I, it's not – I mean, maybe it is sustainable because Devon Taves is a freak of nature. But looking at it from you've made that deep run now, is there any thought of load management? I, I, I think that may contribute to – I mean, I think, I think it just depends on the situation. I think if I think right. if you're in April and you have a 20-point lead on the division, yeah, you know, you might take it a little easy. But I what I'm trying to say is like these games in December and you're, you're – going against the Islanders or something like that. Those are the games where Devon Tays is incredibly important because the guy doesn't take nights off. Right. He plays hard on every single shift. I don't know why I brought the Islanders. Of course he would play hard against them as a forward <laughs> team. But I don't know, better example, the, the the Sabres or the Habs or something. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm, right. I'm speaking for the sake of speaking. But Tays, he doesn't take games off. He plays hard every single night. And he sets an example for everyone around him and is – important in maintaining that standard for everyone else to keep up their level of play even if it's game 40 of the regular season and there's nothing really happening yeah i i don't think we're gonna see like a drastic drop off but i i think like maybe 50 points like oh I, no I think your, yeah i know i mean that, that's what i'm saying like if i, I mean, mean in a, let's let's also remember that tays missed 20 games yeah and so 
a drop off. Technically, he can still have more points than he did last season. Right. And I, I think 50 points is fair. Like, I think get, in the perfect. Yeah, if he finished with 57 again in 82 games, technically it's a drop-off. Technically it's a drop-off, but I it's not out of the question. Like, I, if you look at his shooting percentage over the years, I mean, he's a career pretty much – like these past two years with the Avs have been uh, higher shooting percentage, but he's a career 8, 8% shooting percentage. I think if he gets some lucky bounces and maybe some shaky goaltending, is it out of the question for 20 goals for him? I, I, think- I don't know. I think 20 I think so. might be a little bit of a stretch, but it's possible for him. It's to possible. Do it. I, I, I think that 15 range is the sweet spot. For yeah, him. no. I mean, his, he said career high in goals last year with 13. Um, I, I don't think 15, but if he everything goes perfect for Devon Taves, he plays 20 games next year or 20 games. He plays, he plays 82 games. I mean, if, he, if he can score 15 and 20, that's not that's that's, that's pretty, pretty good. I, I don't think twenty goals is out of the qu- twenty goals is out of the question. Uh, it's, um, it's Devontae's. Nothing is ever yeah. out of the question for him. It's never out of the question. But he, if you look at his four years in the NHL, he hasn't played a full eighty-two game season. Um, granted, 2020, 2021 were both shortened because of COVID. So, is it possible? Yeah. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Um, it's it's also weird because he played the, the his first season. He played twenty-four games in the AHL still. So he's yeah, really only had he's really only had three full seasons in the NHL. And the first one was cut short by COVID. The second one was just a scheduled shortened season. And this one last season, he missed the first part of the season because he needed some shoulder surgery. Yeah. And I mean, by all counts, it sounds like he's gonna be full go by oh uh, yeah, by opening night. Um and I I just maybe that's my bold prediction for the year. Devon Taves gets 20 goals, maybe. I mean, I think like we have a bold I, prediction on everyone. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if that's my bold prediction, it's it's twenty goals for him. Um, everything needs to go right for him, but I, I don't think it's out of the question. I, I mean, mean, it's maybe he'll get some luck his way, but the way he plays, he certainly lends himself to get lucky because he's always in the right spot. He's always in the right spot, and I mean, the Abs are the number one team for drawing power plays. Maybe he gets a couple more chances on the power play. Him and Gerard on that second unit have been fantastic together. Um, him and Gerard as a pair have just been fantastic together. Um, I guess you could just say that about Devon Taves, whoever he plays with makes them better and they play better. Right. So it's almost uh, like he fixes everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean t- take Devon Taves out of the lineup. Who do you pale Kale McCarr with it's a downgrade? No matter who it is. And it's a downgrade, even though it's good options. Yeah. You I would a lot love of options, see, but I would love to see a Bo Byram and Devon Taves pairing at some point in the year. Like, I would, would too, be, but you don't take him off of Kale's pair. No, you don't. But Bo Byron would be really fun with Devon Taves because I think Bo could be a poor man's Kale, which is not a bad thing because Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the world. But a, a poor man, a, a Kale poor McCarr, man's Kale is still upper class. Yeah. I mean, I look at this defensive unit and we'll talk about this in any more. Like it was already the highest scoring one last year. I think they could break their own record from last year. Yeah, and you got Kale getting a year older. You have Byram who's going to start coming into his own. I think Gerard can have a great season this year. I think I think Taze just maintains what he's been. I think he's going to have a pretty similar point total. I think you give him an extra. I think what what would it be like an extra? I don't know, sixteen games, and you can you'll you'll easily put up fifteen goals. I think he'll hover around sixty points, and he'll finish top ten in Norris voting again. Yeah, that's mean- what he does. He's steady. He's steady Eddie. So 
Um, as we get closer to the finale of this episode, what what, what is your grade for Devon Taves? Hey, like I, just is that simple? I I'm gonna give him an A plus, man. I might give him an A plus. I just he is the record of when he plays and when he doesn't play for the Avs speaks for itself. Um, it, he has to be an A plus. I mean. You have him and Kale McCarr as two A pluses. I don't think that's wrong. Um, I just an A plus just seems right for him. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think an A. I don't know, just sounds right to say for him. Just he's perfectly steady. He's not overly flashy. He just does all of the right things at all times, and there's just nothing that he does poorly. Is there going to be a point where we do this next year? Is it a bad year if he goes from me from an A plus to an A? <laughs> like, is that is is that a downgrade? I mean, technically, it would be. <laughs> I just this whole episode we've just been saying how good Devon Taves is, and we've probably said it like 35, 40 yeah, times. We brought but, it up in other people's episodes. Yeah, because he just is that good, and I agree with you what you said at the beginning. I don't know if he can be considered underrated anymore because I think everyone knows now just how good he is. He finished eighth in Norris voting. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't think that's underrated. Yeah, I mean, like, he finished finish behind a top, guy. top ten and best defenseman in the NHL. I think we all get it. Yeah, and I I'm interested to see. I don't know if NHL Network's done their top ten defensemen or top twenty defensemen. They have not. I'm yet. interested to see if he makes it. He should top tw- absolutely. If Devontae's is not in the top twenty defensemen, there like there's something wrong. He's there's something very, wrong, but isn't it? It's also very funny to me that Chris Tanev got a Norris vote. <laughs> I totally really? forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> this this is actually a really weird list. Justin Falk, Alex Petrangelo, Jared Spurgeon, Chris Tanev got fifth place Norris votes. That is that is. Odd. Not to get totally off topic, but I just I clicked back onto my my Chrome pages and that caught my eye. That's very Wait interesting. Wait a second. That's because, weird. Yeah. I mean, okay. Why did um, Quinn Hughes get eight points? Who's what did he do? Okay, well, I'm getting totally up. Yeah, I'm totally we're getting totally, this conversation, but that, that's how Norris trophy voting goes. Um, so I mean, because is he, he's not even the most underrated defenseman that Devontae's anymore. I mean, who I, I don't know who would be the most underrated defense. I, mean, I don't think Jacob Slavin's underrated. Everyone knows how Slavin's great right behind Taze. If you're on Norris ballots, I it's hard to say you're underrated. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there is like I'd have to do some digging, not off the top of my head, but Devontae's has graduated from underrated to he's just one of the best in the game. Yeah. He's, so, he's not talked about as much as Kale McCarr and Victor Hedman, therefore underrated category. Yeah. I mean, I is it? I'm gonna get a spicy take here, and if there's any Nashville fans listening, is is he better than Roman Yossi? I'd take him over Roman Yossi. Yeah, I mean, like Roman Yossi put up a shit ton of points, but he's a defenseman. Like when you look at the defensive part of it, I agree. I think I'd take Devon Daves. And we're super biased, and I know that. That's a very hot take. But I don't think it's crazy to say you want Devon Taves over Roman Yossi. Yeah, I mean, on a team with Kale McCarr, you take Devon Taves. I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's a debate, at least. Because if, if, you're, if you're starting a team from scratch, from nothing, do you take Roman Yossi, 
who can have close to 100-point seasons and build a defense around that, or do you take the steady option in Devontae's? That's where the debate that's where the debate points. comes up because yeah. that that if you're giving me that situation, I want Roman Yossi. Right. Like if I'm the Seattle Kraken and I'm starting from scratch, I want Roman Yossi. But if we're talking like I I, I can pick Devon Taves in like the second or third round as a value pick. I think it's I think it's also a thing of like Devon Taves has four seasons in the NHL. Three of them have been full. None of them have been a full 82 game season. Roman Yossi's been around a long time. Which yeah. which career are you taking? It's Yossi's. Which style of play are you taking? I feel like I do lean towards Taze, and I know that's biased because I'm an Avs fan. Just watched him win a Stanley Cup, but there are not many Devon Tazes in the NHL right. who can do all of the things that he does. And to be fair, there's not a ton of Roman Yossi's that can put up points the way he does. But when you have Devon Taze, a lot of your problems are just solved. Right. You don't, and you don't have to worry about him anymore. He's a minute eater. Like I just, I really, really, that's a tough question. I put, I asked myself this question. I agree. I, I think I would take Devon Taves just because you can just plug him in. You don't have to worry. Whoever he plays with, he's going to make better. I mean, Roman Yossi, like who was his pairing partner for most of the year? Yeah. I exactly. I remember. <laughs> Like that, that that's the thing. Probably uh, should remember. It was Ekholm, wasn't it? No, I thought it was that Carrier. Was it Carrier? No. It was Fabro, according Fabro. to Fabro. According to Cap Friendly, at least. I mean Devontae's elevates whoever he plays with. Yeah, so, I mean Fabro's good, but it seems like Yossi is kind of the the guy who does everything there. Yeah. I mean, if we're it's, putting it's together just a list like, of- Taze does everything. He does everything. He does everything. And we're contradicting ourselves because we said at the beginning of the episode, like, oh, he's a top eight defenseman. And, ah, oh, damn, that's it's bad not. Thing. I don't think it's a crime to say that Roman Yossi is a higher rated defenseman is going to get more votes. I don't think it's crazy to say that you take Taze because of everything that he does. Right. And I guess my next question, we can close with this. Do could you make the case that he's a top five defenseman in the league, Devon Taves? I, I think that's tough. Like, let's look at the top five Norris finalists for this year. Number one's Kale McCarr. He's not yep. better than Kale. Roman Yossi, we're having the question, but Roman Yossi finished like a few votes behind Kale McCarr and almost yep. had a hundred point season. No one's going to put Devon Taves above Roman Yossi, but you, you can take Taves over Yossi situationally. Fair. I, think, I think that's what we're going with here. Is he better than Victor Hedman? No. No. And Charlie McAvoy. McAvoy is younger and is great defensively. If you're starting from scratch, you take McAvoy. If you're looking career, you're talking 10 years down the road. McAvoy. Yeah, you're taking McAvoy. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And the last one is Adam Fox. Dude, I, I I'm gonna get some heat. I don't think there's many Rangers fans. Listen, like I think Adam Fox is a good defenseman. The fact he won a Norris to me is hilarious because I I don't think he was. I don't think he's that great. Um, who was sixth? Aaron Ekblad. Okay, I mean <laughs> Ekblad's. When you get down to Fox and Ekblad, I think you can have more of a debate after the top four. Yeah. I, I think I, I think you still you lean towards Fox, younger. He puts up a ton of points and is really one of the. Th- 
if Adam Fox was not playing on the Rangers and was on a better defense, I think it's a much more interesting conversation for him towards the top of the list. Yeah, because if Adam Fox like, plays for like fucking uh, like Buffalo, he's not getting nearly the amount of publicity he's getting. Right. Well, I also think the Rangers defense just sucks. And Adam Fox is sure. one of the very few things that makes that defense float at all. Fair. I, I think you could make the debate. I really yeah, you do. Can, think you can make the debate. The, the fact that we can even have this conversation about Devontae is crazy. Would you take him over Aaron Eckbaugh? Would you take him over Adam Fox? Probably not, but you you talk about it. I think you take him over Chris Letang. 100%. I yeah. would probably take him over Eckblad too, dude. Eckblad's weird because he always can be very good, but it just seems like he's always hurt and can never truly blossom into i feel like ekblad should be what taze is consistently so Correct. i would agree i think you take taze over ekblad right now but ekblad has the potential to Correct. be one of well, those top guys he's number one overall pick so he right. gets that little pub too uh, correct me if i'm wrong didn't taze go undrafted one year i want to say yes because i know he he get that drafted by the islanders in 2014 i know that he was a fourth round pick in 2013, I might be mixing up my players here. I'm pretty sure he went undrafted. So I, I like that we had that debate because I was like consensus, like he's going to be, he, he should be a top five defenseman. And now that you mention it, he's in the conversation, but I, I think more people would lean towards him not being a top five defenseman. That's fine. And That's fine. That is a very exclusive yes. list. The fact that you have number one and then another guy in the top 10 that you can have a genuine debate about should be higher than eighth. Yes. I, I think that's it, it, the, I guess the point I was trying to get is that point. Exactly. Like just because he plays behind or with Kale McCard doesn't mean that he should be punished for that. Right. If that makes sense. That does make no. sense. I'm trying to find if for whatever reason he went undrafted. I don't because he went to Quinnipiac, right? Am I right there? He went to, he went Quinnipiac? to Quinnipiac. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know players' college careers more more than like five years ago. <laughs> oh, you know what it might have been? I think he went unsigned for a while by the Gotcha. Oscars. I think that might be I I'm I'm I might just be making this up because I might vaguely remember a tweet I saw like two months ago. That's how my brain works, but maybe I have that mixed up. But still, Devontae's in the fourth round pick is hilarious. Yes. So um sum it up. Devontae's really fucking good, really important to the Avalanche, going to be really good again next year. Um and maybe if he has another good year, we're talking about this next year, maybe he is more firm in that top five defenseman yeah maybe maybe it's, it's it gets harder to have those debates because all the guys we mentioned on that list are the only guy on their team that's even Correct. close to that devon Hayes is number two on his team so it's hard to make the argument that he is top five if he's not number one correct not saying so, i agree with that i'm just saying that's the debate correct so when you're arguing you. with joe lots of numbers in his name that's the that's the argument correct so, but Devon Taves, you're a beauty. So glad you're on this team. Please and, come on the show. Yeah, please come on the show. I know you're active on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, come on, man. Just please, come on please answer my DMs. We, we, we literally, I've never DM'd him. We literally would just, if you come on the show, Devon, we'd literally just be like, hey, dude, you're really fucking good. 
Um, why did you get so good? And why, yeah, are you, you, why are you so handsome? And why are you so likable? I just want to know that. <laughs> but yeah, love Devon Taves. I cannot wait to keep talking about these defensemen because like we said, it is the best defenseman group in the NHL. Yeah. Bar none. Not even Not close. So we'll continue with the defenseman uh, in a couple of days. Why don't we decide this right now? Do you want to go to Gerard first? Or do you want to go to Byram next? I want to do Gerard just because he's, the most talked about defenseman. I think I that's, agree. I think we're that's, pa- we're finally past the trade rumors with him. Correct. At least, at least for, for the now. time being for now. So we'll talk about Gerard next. We'll move on to Byram EJ and we'll finish out with Josh Manson before we move on to the goalies. So Georgiev will be an interesting one because we don't have a review for him, but we have to talk about him because he's the right. starting goalie. So he's the only acquisition we made. It's not like we can do like lump him into the acquisitions category because there's one and it's him. So and that's the biggest well, one. <laughs> yeah, might as well do him. So we'll move on to all of that in time. But some other big news for you to check out right now. If you go to DenverNosebleeds.com, you'll notice a a funny little new thing on there. A brand new shirt from yes. yours truly. We have designed. A brand new Kale McCarr shirt. All hail Kale. It's Kale McCarr sitting on his throne, surrounded by the Stanley Cup, the Norris Trophy, and the Con Smythe. Yes, he's sitting on his Iron Throne. Game of Thrones is back, or House of Dragons, whatever it is. Um, we put a lot of time into this shirt. It turned out absolutely fantastic. Um, Honestly, I totally forgot about that. Like, I like I came up with the idea for the throne. I totally forgot Game of Thrones. Yeah, that wasn't even my inspiration. Um, It worked out that way. Yeah, it's a really good shirt. We spent a lot of time designing it. Um, It came out better than we could have expected. Uh, Like, like, I'm not one to, like, hype up stuff, but this shirt is fucking awesome. Yeah, it kicks ass. Um, We can't wait to get them. Um, We ship everywhere. Uh, go get yours right now. Um, you have to pay a small shipping fee, but that's, it's like $2, I think is what it is. Um, and then we'll get those shipped out to you. They turned out great. It's the best way. We've said that everyone that it's a good way to support the show. Griff and I have a blast doing this. I think both of us would love to do this full time. And the way we can do that is by slinging some merch and using our promo code. Tell it as it is at seat geek for $20 off your first purchase of $50 or more. Um, hockey season's coming up. Football starts soon. Um, just think about us. We'd love to do this full time. We have a blast doing it. Um, In short, yeah. give us your money. Yes. It's the best way to support us. Um, we love you guys, the support we have. Um, and to everyone who has ordered stuff in the past, you guys are absolute beauties. Um, you got a handwritten note from my terrible chicken scratch. So uh, <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. And uh, yeah, go buy that Kale McCarr shirt. It's awesome. Yeah. So in short, uh, give us your money, <laughs> please, please. We'd appreciate it. It'll be, it'll yeah. go into safe hands. Christian will say all of the nice words. I will translate. Please <laughs> give us your money. We would yes. appreciate it. We would really appreciate it. So yeah. Um, go check it out. Denvernosebleeds.com. We still have the Kendall shirts available. Stickers. Oh, yeah. we, we got every, we got the old El Tornado shirts still available yes. from back in the old days of Denver nosebleeds. We got the, the tell it abs. It is stickers. If you guys just want a sticker of our logo for whatever reason, we'd appreciate it. Yeah. Still got the, the Kendall shirts. We're going to be coming up with more stuff as the season goes on. It's fun designing stuff. So it is. we're just going to be coming up with some ideas. We'll drop them as they come. I wish I could give you a preview, but I 
don't have one. So there, there's a Bo Byram one in the works. Um, we have one coming for that, but uh, yeah, this Kale McCarsher we're really hyped about. Um, and hopefully this is uh, I'll see some of these shirts at Avs games here in the, in the upcoming year. If I ever see like my shirt, like I, our shirt, like just unprompted, like if I'm just walking around, like see someone wearing our shirt. That would probably be the, the strangest experience. No, ever. it's weird. It's weird. I've seen it. Yeah. Like it, it's been, there's been times I've been in at target and I'll see people walking around in like my El Tornado shirts. And I'm like, they have no idea that I made this shirt. Like, they have no idea. So, um, like I sent one to uh, Vic Lombardi on Altitude Sports Radio. He wore it for a radio show once. And I was like, this is weird. This is really weird. So, yeah, um, if, if you do get one, make sure you send us a picture. Uh, we'd love to see it. Um, but, yeah, we're really pumped about it. Yeah. Those came out today. They're available right now. You can get them at denvernosebleeds.com. We're really excited for it. So if you guys can head over there, we really would appreciate it. But that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. But that's going to do it for us on this edition. And we will be back in a couple of days talking about everybody's favorite player, Sam Gerrard. So we will catch you all then. But until then, let's go Abs. Abs.